All right. Someone comes up to you and says, Garrett, John, give me a wallet. I want you to introduce me to horror films. I've never gotten into these before. I've kind of been off put, but I'm ready to dive into this genre of film. What is the one that you choose to introduce them to? I would say the original Poltergeist. Because it is got all the elements of a horror movie. It's it's a Steven Spielberg, not really film. So it's a very fun movie that it's a Toby Hooper movie that people uh, enjoy and uh, can ease you into the horror universe. It's well paced. Um, it wouldn't scare them off with like a you know. Obviously, The Exorcist is what I'd be like. You should definitely fucking watch this. <laughs> but that is not the probably a good first horror movie for somebody. Poltergeist is a good choice. Like you said, it's kind of a, a, it's so along the lines of like an ET or something like yeah. that. It, it's, it's, and it's compelling. It's an interesting story. All the effects still really hold up. It's paced well too. A lot of horror movies have like pacing problems, but I think that one works well. Yeah. Don't do what I do. Uh, when I was dating my wife, the first time she came over to my house at the time, uh, put on Descent. Um, she was the entirety of the time she was like can we turn this off now I was like what's wrong it's not it's it's good just keep watching (laughs) she was not pleased I've never Um, seen that movie we're gonna get to it eventually we'll get there Um, I it's it's in my top 10 really yeah it's super good Hmm. I'm with you there maybe not top 10 but it is one of my favorites the one with the caves right yeah it's a team of spelunking women that go into a cave uh, and what's spelunking what happens in there spelunking what happens in the cave stays in the cave that's right as it should (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. But no, do not start with something like that. Uh, you want something a little more accessible, maybe something with a good story, something that will compel a person to get through this, the jump scares and the horror. Um, I did think of Poltergeist also, but if I was going to go something a little more modern, I might choose something like Stephen King's It. it I feel would be like a good one. the story and how it follows the kids, it's very Stranger Things-ish. You know, if they've seen that, at least that's kind of a gateway of yeah. getting into that kind of uh, topic. So I think it, Stephen King's It would be a really good one. You guys are looking at me now. Yeah, it's your turn. What would you pick? Oh, I thought it's a lot about how this. this works. Society. <laughs> I thought about society. this for the last two minutes. Um, no, I, I would pick probably one of my top three favorite horror movies of all time. Twenty Eight Days Later. If, this, okay. if they've never if they've never been involved with horror, then they aren't they aren't burnt out on zombies. True. Um, so it's modern enough to where it's got a modern feel. So it's paced well. The soundtrack is decent. It's got. Um, Characters that are not your standard, like, make every dumb decision possible. So you're not left with that whole, like, I can't relate to these people. Right. Um, it's a tight, tight hour and 30 minutes. No, I just, I feel like it's a great representation of what a, a modern horror movie with has a lot of the older elements, you know, very Day of the Dead, very Dawn of the Dead mixed in with um, a more modern feel. I picked 28 Days Later. Let me just bring on a slight side discussion, if I may. You may. Can you imagine meeting someone that's never seen a zombie thing? Like, you, you, we're talking about introducing someone to horror, but I feel like at this point, zombie films have almost ascended to a level above horror. So if someone would come up and be like, introduce me to horror, be like, well, have you seen Walking Dead? Or, you know, something that's so mainstream at this point. Uh, I just, I, if, I'd find it hard to believe that no one had seen like a, a zombie film at this point. Yeah, I'd know? assume they're some kind of alien or communist. <laughs> yeah. but It's not that bad, but I imagine that's what my... My last girlfriend felt like, because she was like heavily, she's she's the horror queen and like she knows all this stuff. And like, she's like, you've never seen this? You've never seen this? And I'm like, nope. So yeah, I but even you had seen 28 Days Later. Yeah, no, know, I definitely so. have. Like, again, I don't know. Like, like I think, Blast from the Past, I think I'd be, Fraser movie. <laughs> I think I'd be stoked. I think I'd be like, oh my God, it's like taking someone's cherry, you know? Stepping out Dude, of- you haven't seen this? You haven't seen zombie films? Like, let's get this on. 
stepping out of an underground bunker and being presented with <laughs> the zombie entirety genre and being like, holy shit, there's so much. Yeah, I think they'd get burned out just by looking at all the things. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. But that's the cool thing, though, is like, imagine being able to like pick the good properties out of zombie and present those to someone first before you yeah. are stuck like sitting through Resident Evil the movie. You know, like <laughs> right. you're like, oh boy, here you we go. You could literally cherry pick your way to the best, you know, be like number one you're zombie fan them at up that point. For some well, it's like heartbreak. Kid, it's like the kids nowadays that are like, man, isn't 90s music good? And I was like, no, 90s music is good because you're hearing the stuff that survived because it's decent. You didn't suffer through Chumbawamba. Tripping and Daisy. 311. And I mean, no Bro, offense to all of our 311 and Chumbawamba fans out yeah, there. Yeah, don't talk shit about Chumbawamba. They get knocked down and they get up again. Fuck you, okay? John. Okay. <laughs> but no, I'm saying like, that's like, I kind of get like really bothered when they're like, man, wasn't the 90s music the best? And I'm like, no, it, it really wasn't. It was awful. It had some great stuff, but let's not forget the 80s music that we love also was like mired in a wealth of garbage too that time has fortunately made us forget. So you know? ends the Kids These Days segment of this show. <laughs> She's goddamn kids saying they know media. <laughs> Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined by Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? It's a day. It's actually sunny outside, which is a change to how it's been. We've had some garbage weather. Oh, it's been fucking Cloudy, trash. rainy, cold, miserable. I'm going to yield my time to the delegate, Mark. How are you doing? I'm actually doing okay. I got enough sleep. I'm all happed up, hopped up on the caffeines. Hopped up on the caffeine. Whoa. I'm so hippity hopped up on that caffeine. I'm ready to go. Fancy in your pansy. And I just, I didn't want to leave everybody hanging. I'm actually doing well as well. So that's good. I mean, this is why people tune into this podcast, that's right? It's important to know. Just to check in on me. Make We're sure literally here okay. to find out how Garrett's doing. How come you guys don't call me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Garrett talk. Well, you guys uh, watch any new movies? Anything to recommend, rebuke, uh, uh, steer clear of? What, what do you got? Anything? I watched. Thinner recently. Oh, Stephen King's Thinner. Yes, yes, Stephen King's. One yes. of these days, if John comes like, I didn't watch any horror movies, I'm going to be like, okay, we need to call someone. <laughs> He's ill. Get a doctor in what quick. What happened this week? Um, Yeah, I watched Thinner. It actually held up pretty well. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh, this is pretty fucking crazy. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. I'd recommend it. Visually? How's it, it look? It's pretty decent. I mean, it's like a 90s, early 90s film. When did it come out? I don't know. Sometime in the early 90s. So, you know, it's not like the most amazing. 1996, mid-90s. Oh. But um, <laughs> it looks like an early 90s film. But the watching the guy kind of waste away was pretty decent. It's probably offensive to the Roma people into 2019. In so 19- he gets he gets cursed by a, a gypsy. Yeah, there's a gypsy curse on him. Right. And then he slowly just malnourishment, right? He loses, starts dropping all his weight. Exactly. Right? He eats and eats and eats and eats. At one point, he says he's up to 15,000 calories a day, which, God, I wish. And uh, he just... <laughs> listen, at heart, I'm a, I fucking love to eat food, okay? If it didn't, wouldn't immediately kill me. But anyway, uh, but he just wastes away and he gets thinner and thinner and thinner until like you just see like his skull. It's pretty fucking dope. If you're not aware, the Grave Talk is pro-food. Yes, very pro, pro... Make sure to put some in your face. Yes, definitely suggest that you eat. <laughs> um, and I've also been trying to round out my history, my knowledge of earlier horror movies. So I've been watching some movies from like the 60s and 70s. Um, Boy, what a mixed bag. It is interesting to see things that we consider cliche now when they were new then. 
So that's been like an enjoyable ride. Um, but some of them are just like, whew. Sometimes uh, I just watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version instead. A lot of times more enjoyable for sure. Yes, but mostly I've been trying to watch them straight and uh, it's been a ride. You know, we do neglect the 60s and 70s a bit on this podcast. Maybe we should look into doing a few more of the classics or even like the 40s monster films or something. I'm like, wow, all right. Despite being, you know, 50, 60 years old, this is actually really decent. So Cool. Well, I thought we might briefly touch on the announcement of Ghostbusters 3 happening. You guys are aware that uh, Sony is going to bring us a sequel to Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters 1. We are skipping over the female Ghostbusters film of 2016, and we are continuing the original line with Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, directing. What do you guys think about this? I'm a little upset that we're skipping over the girl Ghostbusters. For all its flaws and for all the fact that it wasn't like as great as a movie as it could have been, I still think that was an enjoyable movie. I liked what it did. Um, I don't think it's fair to kind of like remove their their contribution to the franchise. Um, I understand why they're doing it. I get it. I think it's probably the better option if you want to make a movie that's going to either make money or be accepted by the fans. But I don't know. I'm a little torn on that. I feel kind of I feel kind of like feel kind of bad about it. Like kind of guilty. Like like ooh, that's not fair. I didn't particularly enjoy the 2016 movie, and it had nothing to do with the cast. I thought the cast was good. I just didn't care for the story. I didn't like how uh, dependent it was on the original plot. So many things were plucked out of it and redone in a way that I didn't think was great. Again, like I said, I think the cast was well cast. Um, I, I would have liked to seen a little more out of Kristen Wiig myself. She's felt too straight, you know. Like the I think she man. was supposed to be the straight man, though. I mean, she right. clearly was. I think she's funnier than that. I would have liked to seen her. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. I I think that the things that kind of fell flat is they focused a little bit too much on the the Chris Helmsworth stuff. Yeah, that you was know, like, over the top. That task. was that was so funny weird. for a while, but then eventually it was kind of like, yeah, we get it. And then I think the story with the the main bad guy was an interesting concept. I thought it played out okay. But the problem I had with it is, my problem is it felt like there was two scripts. There was the script that they originally wrote, and then there was the script they wrote to basically kind of say, fuck you to the people who weren't on board with this idea. And they tried to mash them. There's so much in this movie that kind of felt like they were like, you're going to fucking like this and you're going to take it. Yeah. But it, it felt like that stuff was added later. I could be wrong, but it really felt like there was a rewrite of this movie. It's a victim of the politicalness surrounding the film. Yes. Cause right. I mean, God, it was, it was baffling that dudes were like pissed, like it's girls. And I was like, why the <laughs> fuck does that matter? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm cool it, with seeing girl ghostbusters. I'll be honest. I didn't even see any of that kind of stuff. It was more of just seeing everybody say, Oh, you hate it because it's women. And like, I saw more of that than I saw people going, I hate women, you know, like, I don't wow. know. It was it was You're such in a mess. Better parts of the internet than most yeah, people. Yeah, let me tell you, it was rampant. I don't hang out in the YouTube Here's comment sections. That's all. I'm how saying. I think about the Ghostbusters, I feel like the ghost, the original Ghostbusters, couldn't make a sequel to the Ghostbusters, so I don't think anyone else can. Um, Ghostbusters Two was not that great. Imagine if it came out today. That exact movie came out today. Up you top, up top, up top. I agree. Up. I like Both Ghostbusters you, Two, but it's not that great of a no. film. Both of you are wrong. Except that for Vigo. Except for Vigo. <laughs> yes. Oh, you you have to slime the Statue of Liberty, who then has to walk listening to shitty '80s music. Okay, I didn't know I was going to have to defend Ghostbusters Two on this, but here we go. There has never been a good Ghostbusters. Get the knives. <laughs> Ghostbusters Two came out after the real Ghostbusters, so I feel that they got influenced by the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And realized that this was a, a, a heavily, almost like a child's property at that point. So yes, it was a little muted versus the first one. But I think it still works. I think there's still enough uh, funny stuff in there. Ease Vigo. I love the yeah, main villain. What yes. is that line, my favorite line of the whole movie that you, you point out to me every time? 
If everything you're doing is bad, I want you to know this. That's one of my favorite lines in movie. Like, early YouTube commenter. And it's, yeah. as, the scene, as the scene is fading out, he just mentions it offhand in the background. Like it was, yeah. it's just fucking perfect delivery. Yes, but Again, all, I all, like all those flaws. Too. I, I still love that movie, and maybe it was because I grew up with it. it also, it definitely was. If that movie came out today, it would get tore the fuck up. Why they had a baby? Why they do this? Blah blah blah. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like I feel like we maybe because of the time or but if you look at how campy and kind of the the jokes kind of fell flat the dancing toaster yes, you know some toaster. of that stuff like that was fun i enjoyed it but the the modern the 2016 ghostbusters movies had a lot of that same feel to it i mean fucking bill murray's character is the skeptic was totally a vigo type character you know like it was it was just as hammed up balls to the Ends wall with them as the old in one. a painting like come on man. like i said there, would... there are definitely some flaws with it. don't get me wrong i'm not gonna say there was no nothing wrong with the 2016 ghostbusters but i if you compare it to ghostbusters 2 yeah it kind of felt right at home with what was going on other than a few of the script issues but that being said like but i the, think like the, people the... have this idealized version of what ghostbusters should be and then like hold it to this like light that you're just like i don't think you remember what Ghostbusters 2 was really all yeah. about. Grave talk with the hot takes, yo. Oh, <laughs> dropping uh, mad knowledge on you. I'm on the regular take. I'm not hot. Um, uh, look, the, the, the lukewarm the, take. The, 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 the repeating wonton joke fell flat. The, uh, oh, I've got slime in every crevasse was, was a little weak. I didn't I think, love that line. I didn't think any of the jokes were particularly funny. What? When, um, um uh, Leslie, what's her name? The, uh, Jones. Leslie Jones, when she jumps in the crowd and she's like, I don't know if this is a fat thing or a blood thing, but I'm pissed right now or whatever. That she was hilarious. Dude, that, I, that was in the trailer, the though. The wonton I thing was funny. When I watched the movie, I didn't give a shit. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought the wonton thing was funny. I love the fact that Kristen Wiig was so upset that the book was out. You know what I mean? Again, the thing is, though, if you compare those to the jokes of like, you know, we're trying to have dinner, you guys, and they're covered in slime in the restaurant and flinging it in people's soups and, you know, the whole like... They go like, I just can't see your baby. But that, that's you like, know, like subtly funny. That's not like I've got slime in every part of my body. Oh, there's you know? a lot of Venkman lines in two that are very yeah. like hammed up. When and he it's falls just, in the river of slime, I'm sure he's a stupid shit. That's about the time when Bill Murray was kind of becoming like, I can just be Bill Murray and people will love that. And so True. I felt the same way about that that I did with uh, some of the jokes in 16. Okay, I note that you guys think two and 16 are on the same playing field. I do not. Let's move on. <laughs> the uh, the uh, our mics were just cut. No. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the issue with 2016 now looking at the fact that we're bringing a brand new one to the original series. I want to go on record and saying I don't want a Ghostbusters three. I didn't want a Ghostbusters three when um, Egon was still alive. I didn't want a continuation in early 2000s when they started kicking around this idea. It's far. It's far too removed. I've said it before. I don't want to see sequels 20 years later. You know what was a good sequel? The fucking game. The Ghostbusters game. Oh, yeah. Which was supposed to be part three. Yeah. That was that, was that was good. Wrapped yeah. it up. Over. Bow on it. Done. Yeah, yeah, that's good enough. But now that we're coming back, um, I think Sony's biggest problem in uh, oversight was the fact that they did not allow the women's movie to be in the same continuity as the original. Because now that they've gone back to the original storyline, they can't come back. Well, it was supposed to be. Like I said, I think I said there's a, there's a rewrite of the script where they're like, fuck you, this is our own thing. You know, like, I feel like there's something there where they kind of like went back and was like, we're going to, we're not going to give you the option to compare it. You're going to have to accept this for what it is. And if that's the case, like I said, I think that's the oversight because now we're moving on and they're, they're just gone. And yes, they're going to feel lost. Like we just made this thing and you're moving on. So I understand like Leslie Jones frustration, but I get that you, sucks, but oh, they frustrated. Yeah. Oh, she's about pissed. This? She's oh, on Twitter. She put like, out a real nasty. Yeah. But, but 
Good for her. You know what? Good for no, her. Let me finish my that thoughts. That happens though. Halloween two just cut out like I know. fifteen Halloween movies. I know. Buster so. Rhymes is no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but to come out and say you didn't give us anything, you did, you know, you're not acknowledging the movie we just made. Well, you guys did that with the original too. So it's it's now this flip flop. Like I'm sorry, the studio did this to you again, though. But this is this is kind of taking on its own life, though. That that movie was no longer about just making a, a Ghostbusters movie. That movie was about like you don't get to like hang on to your boys club properties just because you're a fucking nerd or you know like yeah. again, I I understand where she's coming from. I think you got a point. You know they don't owe the the women from 2016 anything because a job is a job. They're gonna make a movie as a movie. But the thing is, after basic, you know, after you know, crashing their ships upon those rocks and saying, you know, we're 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 riding this wave, no ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to accept these lady Ghostbusters. You know, we're committed to supporting them. To immediately like abandon them and be like, oh, we're not going to actually support you because they didn't make the money we wanted it to. Well, they that's lost, kind of a slap in the face. I get it, but they lost seventy million bucks. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> business is business, but I understand where they're coming yeah. from. Like I, from that aspect, I feel like they they deserve a little more respect because they did kind of go to bat for. Not just this franchise, but for like women ensemble cast, which let's let's not kid ourselves, are not as you know prominent as men ensemble cast. I, again, I see all sides of this. Yeah, I'm not, I think I'm it not is what taking it is. either side. No, no, at this I know point. you're not. I'm just saying. I'm talking to the. I'm talking to the the, the people at large, the yeah. populace out there, are like thousands and thousands of Grave Talk listeners that you know tune in every week, literally dozens to of hear us. our hot takes on. But yeah, no, I I get it. I don't think that we need a Ghostbusters three, but nope. they 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 put a lot of effort and they they kept saying they were going to have like a, a expanded universe, you know. So I feel like they're desperate to get that back. But if that's the case, then keep the girls around, make the guys come back, have like a team of eight total Ghostbusters, and then expand that shit into like you right. Know, and that's what I'm that's what I'm hitting at here is that it was a mistake of the studio to make its own property and negate everything and bring in all the original actors to play different roles. And they made it in the same firehouse as the original. You know what I mean? Like they fucked it up instead yeah. of being able to allow it to expand and become the same universe. Because in the comics, you've got Ghost Corps, you've got Ghostbusters oh, International. Here we go. You fucking nerds. Sorry. So, you know, Look, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. There's tons of Ghostbusters episode. teams in the comics. You need to like, wait right there. You need to edit in like Ogre from the nerds. Like nerds. <laughs> yeah. There was an opportunity to really expand this thing, but they literally shut out either or. Uh, continuity. Yeah, and I think that was because remember the original script was supposed to take place with them being like part of that universe. That's what the trailer said. That's what it said. And then said. they were like, oh no, 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 it's not in the Again, same universe. I think that was a big like, we've got to we've got to commit to basically saying you're going to accept these new Ghostbusters. I, I really thought it was a we've got to change this to to not give them the the comparison option. But by doing that, they shot themselves in the foot. Anyway, we could argue about so this all day. So much Ghostbuster but... passion. Let's bring that back to high tension. Hey, wait, <laughs> is that I, what we're doing? I know, it's hard to believe. I but... think I've gone on record in saying Ghostbusters is one of my top five films of all time. So that's I why I wanted that. to bring it up. That's cool. Oh, yeah, I've watched it a thousand times. That's great. It's so. a great movie. Don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, I fucking loved it. You want to fight, John? But fight, here's the fight, thing. Fight. <laughs> Nobody cares about Ghostbusters in 2019. I will always There's my care. hot take. I will always care about Ghostbusters, John. Give me some new shit, Sony. I don't need to see some old shit. I want new shit. New shit. How about Resident Evil, the TV show? Oh, there's some more old shit. I don't want to get into it, but that's the thing. We'll talk okay. about that on the Resident <laughs> Evil episode. Evidently, we're doing a Resident Evil episode. 2005's High Tension. That's the subject of today's episode. Didn't it come out in 2003? In oh, France. Uh, Isn't that the one we watched, though? The French one? They re- Lionsgate picked it up. So no, we all and re-edited it and then reintroduced it into USA. Okay. Okay. So high tension directed by Alexander Aha. 
This one stars Cecile de France as Marie. Ooh, that was good sounding, man. That well was awesome. Done. My win is Alex and Philippe Nehon as Latour. Cool. And it was edited by Baxter. Just, yes. Baxter. Just Baxter. I saw that in the titles and I was like, it was like edited by Baxter. I was like, all right, my dude. Yeah, easy to share. <laughs> like, <laughs> I only need to be a Baxter. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics has this at a 40% of 132 reviews. The audience has it as a 67% wow. out of 48,508 I reviews. go with the audience on this one. I go with the audience yeah, on this one. Yeah, I'm more closer to the audience than the critics. Here's what the back of the VHS copy has to say. Holy shit, they made a VHS of this? 2003, 2005. 2005. Yeah, that's yeah, still, about still the same making time. Oh, that must, that's like the tail end, though. For anyway. sure. Marie and Alexia, a.k.a. Alex, are classmates and best friends. Hoping to prepare for their college exams in peace and quiet, they decide to spend a weekend in the country at Alexia's parents' secluded farmhouse. But in the dead of night, a stranger knocks on the front door, and with the first swing of his knife, the girl's idyllic weekend turns into an endless nightmare of horror. That's it. Oh, all right. <laughs> hey. I was stretching my back. All right, I'm back. This VHS has a short synopsis. Yeah, I was like, normally they're like 10,000 words. I think that back of the box summed it up succinctly. Yeah. Yes, they go and then they all die. The end. We didn't need a backstory about how they liked bagels. We just knew what happened. Oh, do you think they liked bagels? They didn't look like bagels. It's not leaders. important. It's not important. It's important to me now that I think about it. So since we've been arguing about the release date, I'll just go ahead and go into this information. Uh, this movie came out and had an NC-17 rating overseas. Lionsgate picked it up and they edited it down to R rating and redubbed it for English and reintroduced it to the U.S. audiences. Did they use the same actors when they redubbed it? Yeah, it's literally just like ADR. Wow. Okay. I guess yeah. that makes sense then because, God, those redubbings were terrible. They were so bad. I really didn't have a problem with they were, it. They were listless. They, there was no motion. There was a lot of flat line deliveries. I didn't think yeah. it was as egregious as like record or something like that, where like it didn't right. match anywhere close to what was originally supposed to be said. But um, but Lionsgate spent $14 million to bring it to the US, and it only grossed $3.6 million in the United Ooh. States. No, that says a lot about how shitty Lionsgate is at releasing movies. If someone already made a movie, what did you spend $14 million on? <laughs> yeah. You cut some shit out and got some people to record a lot. Probably publishing rights, and then... And then they did finally release the unedited version on Blu-ray later, so... Hmm. Um, I wonder, do you think that the edit had anything to do with the audiences not going to see this thing? Um, I think the dubbing, <laughs> maybe. The editing, you wouldn't have known, right? If you didn't know about this movie and you just saw High Tension and then you saw like how listless this delivery of these lines were, you'd be like, yeah, that's If right. I didn't have subtitles, I would feel very, I would feel very different about this movie because I had the dubbing going and the subtitles and I just read the subtitles and kind of tuned out their words. That's the worst part of uh, subtitles is you end up just reading the whole time and the visual behind what you're reading is like the backdrop at that point. I can like do you're both, not focused on the visuals. Yeah. Because when they were speaking Year, in French, Years of anime has taught me how to do <laughs> right, both. Yeah. When they were speaking in French, the quality of the movie went way up. Though yes. they also randomly switched between English and French, so that was confusing, but not that important. Because I thought Alex was English, wasn't she? Like She was supposed to be like a, an American whose family moved out to France, is what I kind of got. <laughs> if that's what it is, and I missed that. Because she said they just moved out here. Her, his friend, His I, French is worse than mine, and they've only been out in France for a while. I, I got the fact that they moved to France. She was going to school, and she was like hooked up with this French girl. I didn't think either friend. of them looked like they were college students. No, they both looked like adults. Like yeah. maybe they, maybe but they're you both Yeah, you can go to college. No, I'm not saying you can't. But like when you think college student movie, yes. they're usually like a little younger. But agreed, you know, agreed. Whatever. But um, 
Also, are you trying to tell me that they were a couple before they got no, to this place? No, they weren't. Okay. And that's actually, right, that goes into the whole. Because they have that conversation about how. Um, oh, why aren't you hooking up with dudes yeah. or, or something like there's, that? There's a line at the very end of this movie that's said, and it's kind of one of like the, the quotes that people would remember. Um, and we'll get to it eventually, but like, okay, I didn't think they did, but I thought no, I heard they you definitely say that. weren't. And it basically explains why one of the characters is the way they are. I initially thought they were in the beginning in the car scene, but then they clear it up. I thought they were just friends that maybe like hooked up occasionally kind of <laughs> dated and then like both kind of were doing their own thing. And it was just kind of like, you know, we're in college, we're experiment, we're having some fun. That's a lot more backstory than I put in my mind. So what would you, oh, tell- I have a whole backstory for these, these gorgeous ladies. What would you tell somebody, uh, what is? What would you describe this movie as as someone who hasn't seen it? Like, what kind of movie is this in the horror realm? It's, it's like, like a, a home invasion movie. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. I actually get this one mixed up with Wolf Creek. I would call this a killer movie. I would call this like um, an unstoppable killer movie. It's, 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 it's definitely got a home invasion feel to the beginning of it. But at the end of the day, this is all about a quote unquote, you know, person you, you can't stop, which... I have a lot to say about unstoppable killer because there's so many ways they could have stopped that person. But I'm not saying like Jason unstoppable. I'm just saying like, you know, being pursued by a killer. That's how I feel. So not classic eighties slasher. No, not, not slasher, but definitely like, you know, being hunted down, you know, kind of like imagine American psycho level, you know, there's an unstoppable person. I really would say is a shittier fight club, but that's what I was going to say. I was going to say this takes some cues from fight club. It's got to be, especially from the time it came out. Oh, 100%. But Except Fight they Club missed the good out, parts This of came it. out before Fight Club. No, Fight no, Club didn't. was 99. I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. What? I think before we dive into the plot of this movie, we should put it out there that we really highly recommend watching this movie before listening to us to discuss it because we knock the twist uh, right out of the way. Um, which may or may not be to our benefit, but uh, yeah, d- definitely highly recommended watching before we get into it. Well, this film kicks off with someone inside a, a, a room chanting to herself, I won't let anybody come between us anymore. Over and over and over again, there's a camera on them. They look like they're in a straitjacket. And then we get the, the film rolling. Um, to me, that immediately sets up the unreliable narrator uh, that we are going to be presented this film, right? That's how the film kicks into gear. Um, we get Alex and uh, Marie going out to, as the box, the box said, they're going out to the farmhouse where they're going to study. In the south um, of France. In the which south is pretty France. rural, which I, I didn't know until not too long ago that like south of France is a pretty rural area. Yeah, I know little to nothing about France, so um, I, was, I was on board for whatever they were French presenting. French there? I know that. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I don't know. I believe Paris is involved, but that's bad. <laughs> she mentions that out there there's there's rednecks, and I was like, is that a universal term, or is that something that, that dub that they the did? Dub. Yeah, I was like, the dub, okay. Um, so we are also introduced to the killer that's going to be, uh, a, a huge part of this. This is going to come in later. Um, you see like, it looks like a dog catcher's truck or something, right? Like what kind of vehicle was yeah, that? Kind of like it. a maintenance truck, dog catcher's truck. It looks like the truck driven by the thing in Jeepers Creepers it kind does, of. Yeah. And I was it's like, I was that. like, Oh, that's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, it kind of basically like an old timey kind of like work vehicle definitely european looking but yeah. yeah it looked like a work vehicle and it's just on the side of the road and you can hear an old man grunting you can see that he's having some sort of blow job occur in his seat and then he just picks it's a severed head that he just holds outside of the window drops it on the ground and drives off and right away you're like okay this dude has some issues this is going to be a fucked up movie yeah it was a great introduction but once you find out the twist later i don't understand it at all 
How did that happen? I think you're going to have to remember the unreliable narrator point. Fair. All right. I'll give it that, I guess. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to like brush past these plot holes. Um, Though the movie does give away its own plot twist right in the beginning. Cause it doesn't, doesn't it cut to her getting chased through the corn? Isn't that where it begins? The lady wakes up from a dream and says, Oh, I was which, being chased by which somebody. Lady? Um, the blonde one. I don't remember her name. She's sleeping Marie, in the car. Marie. Marie. She's sleeping oh, in the car. Wow, she that wakes, was such a subtle scene. So you're she, saying that was like a dream of hers? That's exactly no, what it was. She wakes up okay. and she says, I just had the weirdest dream. I was being chased by somebody, but it turned out to be myself. I was being chased by myself. So oh, again, okay. okay, so there's a huge twist at the end where you find out that one of the characters is actually another character. I mean, it, we kind of have to spoil part of it because that doesn't make sense. We probably but. can't dance around it like elegantly enough right. without Marie just like, so spell it out. Yes. Well, okay, we weren't going to be that blatant about <laughs> it, but I guess we're going to be that blatant about I it. I guess I don't understand um, why we're so reluctant to talk because about Because it's pl- called show business. We got to save a little something for the end. People have already them. seen the movie. No, they haven't. A lot of people won't listen to this podcast and haven't seen the movie yet. Well, that's a mistake. Y'all I, should I watch agree. the movie first. I agree. I think you'll get more out of the show if you watch the movie first, but I do I've actually heard a lot of people's like, I don't like horror movies, but I'll listen to you guys talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's what I'm saying. So like, I try to keep it a little bit like, like, ooh, isn't that kind of clever like later on? But okay, it's cool. It doesn't matter. Yes, Marie is the killer. But anyway, it cuts to the guy getting fucking head. And if the thing is, the head he drops out is Alex's head. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. It's the girl who's driving her friend. It's her head. That's like getting. Oh, I, yeah, like, I didn't notice that. So it was yeah, some yeah. random kill that he got before. No, it's, it's basically her head because the blood stain and everything is exactly the same. The face looks the same and it drops the head out. And so basically, um, Marie wakes up and she's like, cigarette, lighter. And I was like, damn, that's actually pretty nice to be able to wake up and demand stuff and get your way. But um, <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. So anyway, like, she's like, I had a dream. She tells about the dream. We don't know that the previous scene was the dream, though. It's presented very differently. And then as we find out, they're going out to the country. They oh, get I to the country. Out it was the dream. I, really, was it meant to not be known that it was the dream? Yeah, it, I, I she didn't She explained know. it exactly what we saw. We said, I was running through a cornfield, and we saw her running through a cornfield. Oh, I, I thought it was a separate scene. I did not piece it together as, like, that was her dream. John, where did you watch your movie? Uh, iTunes. Okay, I watched the free voodoo version that was injected with commercials. Garrett, what did you watch? I watched the voodoo commercial one. I wonder if we watched two different versions of this movie. I wonder who watched the unrated one, who didn't watch it. I did not watch the unrated one because I, didn't I either. specifically looked okay. and the um, so iTunes really, one is rated. Okay, so the only difference is, is that we got injected with commercials. Yeah, that's yeah. the only difference between the two. That really sucked. Because the, the runtimes are the exact same. I checked it out afterwards. Okay, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Because I was really upset about the commercials because I'll, t- I'll <laughs> yeah, tell you more about the commercials that happened later on. But So then it turns into a car trip movie where they're singing along with the radio. Oh, they're having a good time. You're going to meet my family. It's oh, like it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, and they start singing some song. I'm like, okay, let's hurry up and get to the, the plot. You know, let's move this along. They show up to the farmhouse. We're introduced to Alex's mother and father. And I guess Alex's son. Is that correct? No, not, not, not her son. It's the mom's like second kid. Yeah, I thought it was her, her brother. brother. her brother. her brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a young mistake. kid, like maybe like eight or nine. I thought maybe the kid was just staying with the grandparents or whatever, but okay. Oh, so that's that. her younger brother. Yeah. Uh, they get settled in. They show her her room and... Um, Which I guess is just like French-like design work, but man, that room creeped me out. It's like on the third floor, but there's like dolls in this weird attic room. And I was like... The creakiest bed I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, I would not feel comfortable in that room. I was like, I can I sleep on the floor next to you guys? Like, that would be me. I'd be like, nope, not staying upstairs in this nonsense. Yeah. So since we've already established that this character, Marie, is the murderer, 
we should add that we th- that she is almost like split personality, um, part killer, part normal. Would you guys agree to that? Like a Fight Club style, two she, different. She uh, projects in her mind what she's seen. She sees these events play out different. Like she's imagine if you're running from yourself, but you imagine you're being chased by somebody. You right. Know? So there's a scene. Uh, Alex is getting ready for. I'm sorry. Marie's getting ready for bed. But then she decides to step outside for a cigarette. And I think that is at the point that she turns into the killer. That is exactly the point when she turns right. into the killer. And the thing is, it's really weird, and I'll, I'll touch more on it later, but like, yes, she goes outside for a cigarette. She sits on the swing in the spotlight, which is a random place to have a spotlight <laughs> at night on a swing. I did think it was odd that that was so lit up. I mean, visually it looked cool, but yeah. it was like, who puts a spotlight? Your kid's not going to go fucking play outside at like midnight on the swing. And then, like, they pan back and she disappears. She's not on the swing. And you think, where'd she go? Did she get kidnapped? Did somebody get her? Because we've seen that crazy person at the beginning fucking a face. So we're kind of like, hmm, what happened here? And then we cut to her back inside going upstairs to masturbate in that bed for what seemed like seven minutes, you know, (laughs) which don't get me wrong. All right. Well, it was the length of the song. The song that was playing when she started and ended is the same song. Yeah. It's and, a very shitty song, too. And during that time, when she goes back inside, um, after we think she's been abducted, we, she's back inside, she goes to, to get off, the crazy old man pulls up in his truck out in front of the house and then knocks on the door. And then the, uh, the father goes downstairs to let him in and gets slashed in the face or goes down there to see who it is and then gets slashed in the face. And that person breaks into the house and now it's a home invasion movie. Yeah. And we just should just point out that the, the uh, effects and gore in this film are very visceral. Oh uh, God. You yes. see every cut and slice. I mean, at least it felt it felt that way. The sound effects of the cracking of bones and slashes and things like that are, are very, very uh, in your face. One of my notes here is this Foley artist deserves a fucking raise. <laughs> like every sound in this movie, like from her like lighting the cigarette to walking to when she like unzips her pants. I mean, I know I'm not trying to be crass, but like everything was like perfectly clear. Like if I had my eyes closed, I could probably tell what's going on just based off the Foley sound effects and stuff like that. Like it was really well done. Yeah, very well done. So, right, the dad opens the door. He gets either slashed or hit in the face. He stumbles backward, and then our killer comes inside and then puts his head, puts the father's head through the stairwell railing and then takes a giant dresser and just mashes his head with the force of this heavy wooden furniture. Doesn't mash it, like breaks it off. Like, puts his head decapitates him. Yeah, decapitates him. And smears it. (laughs) Thanks for using the correct terminology that we're all struggling with. And it, it, it appears that the only person aware that any of this is going on is Marie, which it we've also impossible. established is the murderer. There's such a ruckus. You're moving that heavy ass. No, all of them should have been awake. Yeah. Yeah. The banging on the door woke up the dog and the dad. Nobody else? Come on. Right, but fine. I'll give you that. Maybe the wife woke up and was like, oh, the husband will get it. But that fucking bookcase was big. It was making a ruckus yeah. if yeah. you're going to move. Also, Marie's like... I don't know what a hundred pounds. That was a big ass bookcase for her to move. But well, anyway. let's let's take a moment to like because when the the guy breaks into the house, which we've already revealed is actually Marie. But it, the movie plays out so much better when you don't know this. Like the reveal actually is kind of like, oh, holy crap, that's crazy. That's actually her. Really, it's, it um, made the movie so much worse for me. Oh, I wish I, that I this thought it had was, played it straight. I thought it was great, but um, like the part where he breaks in for the first time, he 
slashes the dad in the face. The dad goes down on the ground, is trying to like crawl away. The dog goes after the killer. The the killer kills the dog, and the dog falls to the floor in frame with blood, you know, running everywhere from the dog. At that moment, I did not know there were commercials in this movie. At that moment, the movie cut went to the first commercial and it was a commercial for like, you know, like be sure to rescue dogs from the ASPCA. Like it was like this, like aren't puppies fun. It was the worst contradiction commercial. I, I was like, Holy shit. This is like, not okay. My roommate was like, was that a commercial for the ASPCA? I was like, I don't know. Holy shit. But like, here's my notes. It was crazy. Guy comes in the middle of the night, rings the bell, stab hits dad in the face and he's crawling away after the killer, the dog. And right in the middle, we get commercials for almond milk razors. <laughs> And then load add three of three, and it locked up, and I had to restart the whole movie. Uh, oh, yeah, see, we only had add one of one. Every time there was a commercial break, we only had one oh, ad I had per three. Run. I had three to get through, and it's then it froze. It's crazy that advertisers would want to be on this movie. Like, I know they, they didn't say put me on this movie, but you'd think they'd be like, don't put me on horror movies, bro. Like, And what? we're back. Dad gets head smashed and smeared with a dresser. That's my notes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened for us. It was just like, oh, my God, the dog. And then it was like commercial. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I didn't know. And then um, it was like, oh, on Voodoo, some of these movies have commercials. And I was just like, oh, this is the worst. But I mean, that's I, how they make them free. I didn't I didn't have to pay for it. So I was like, OK, I'll put up with it. But there's a later point where someone gets killed, like hitting the chest with a fucking ax. And then right as that happens, immediately smash cut to a commercial. And I was like, this has got to stop. It'd been great. Like, if it was a commercial for chest pain, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was like, it was, it was a car. It was like a fucking truck. And I was like, this is killing my entire viewing experience. Recognize heart attack symptoms. <laughs> Does your heartburn feel like an ax <laughs> yes, to the exactly. chest? It's a mucinex commercial. <laughs> yeah. So this is when the family or the mother wakes up, she goes downstairs and she's just like deer in headlights. Like, Oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? And then like, like she just gets got by the killer, right? It just goes back to Marie in a room. Marie's trying to plug in a phone by moving the largest piece of furniture in the upstairs, which is weirdly contrasted by her being able to push around a giant thing and yeah. kill the dad with it downstairs. No problems. But we'll overlook that because we don't know that It's a associative thing, though. It's like it's a associative thing. Like, she doesn't think that she's capable of those kind of things. She's a... she's. But a, is she really trying to do it? I mean, because otherwise she'd be in two places at once. She no, looks like no. she's physically trying very, very hard to move that furniture upstairs. But right, maybe that's just a projection of her See, upstairs. Is, okay, so this is exactly what happens. So the beginning in the car... Oh my God, we're going to totally blow this out of context but fuck it it's the way we have to do this in the car she's talking to her friend and she's like well i hope you had fun abandoning me at that party for that guy and like her friend's like she's like i hope it was worth it and her friend goes oh god yeah it was worth it all three hours like really like dick that's what i'm talking about you know like and then she gets pissed she's like you slut and she's like you cow and then like they're like at it like She's um uh, Marie. I interpreted that as fun. Like, oh no 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 no! Like it wasn't. No, like, I so. I got that as like her like being like like okay fine, but like she was bothered by that. I could tell in like her reaction. Like she's not thrilled that like this girl is like going to like fuck a dude and not give her attention. I didn't know it was, like she wanted her like that, but like I was like, oh, she's not thrilled about this. The thing is though is like everything she's doing, the playing the victim, trying to move the the dresser, plug the phone in, hide her stuff so she's not detected, is all in her head. Right. It wasn't actually happening. Yes. Yeah, so and you, that's the thing think, that we got to think about when we're, we're talking about this in context. So every Marie scene is pretend. It never actually happened. Yep. Marie is doing for all the stuff the that the man part. killing everyone is doing for the most part. Yes. Except yeah, for whenever Marie interacts with Alex as herself, yep. that actually happened because then she's kind of reverted back to her normal personality. 
Like when she goes and gives her the knife, like in case he comes back, take this knife. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole scene, yeah. that's actually her doing it. Mm. This movie would have been so much better if it were played straight. I I think I agree with John on this one. Um, and there are some scenes where this kind of like, you know, is it in her head? Is it not in her head? Actually fall apart. The, 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 the gas station scene, for instance, right. when we talk about that, I'll point out the plot hole there of how it doesn't quite work. But well, who is he getting alcohol for? Well, well let's just let's just get through the let's home invasion scene. So point. the mother gets uh, uh, she gets basically almost killed to a point, and then the killer goes into the room and, and like chains up Alex, like uh, gags her with a chain, locks her up, and then he. Uh, for me, one of the best scenes of the film is when the killer is going to get Marie. Marie realizes I have to make it look like I'm not here. Oh yeah. Like she she's going in and she's turning on, she makes the bed and she wipes the water off the sink. I was like, fuck, I would have never thought of something like that. Yeah. But the killer come, comes in. He's so methodical. He's checking. He, you know, he's, he's putting his finger along the porcelain. like, that's dry. But then he puts his finger in the sink and gets a little bit of water out of there. It's like, oh shit, is that going to be the tell? I took that as her subconscious, making sure there was no evidence of her being there. So there was no way of telling that she was the killer. Like she was cleaning up after herself. She was making sure that any anything that like pointed to her I, was yeah. not there. For that particular scene, I can see that being applied. Yes. But then when they go to the gas station, Again, and she like calls I said, the cops. Like, like I said, <laughs> this is the thing is like it definitely that scene kind of makes that whole thing fall apart. But like I love the house stuff because when she's doing that, it can be played either way. And then if you think back on that, once you know the twist, you're like, oh, well, she just hiding her tracks. Like and the that's house stuff's crazy. the best part of the movie, yes, by far. Yes, it and is so really tense. It is really scary. Super. And it's so almost like smart. there's like a lot of high tension in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it definitely she's, was not a mild tension. It wasn't a medium tension. It was full blown high tension. High. Yeah, it was maximum um, tension. To be so, honest. Marie. Again, uh, the viewer does not know that Marie is the actual killer. She's trying to, in her mind in this projection of herself, save what's her friend, Alex, right? So now she's looking for a telephone. She can't find one. She runs into the office. The, the, uh, the phone is off the charger and kind of hidden away in some papers. She hears the killer coming and she runs into the closet and hides. The mother comes in and the murderer follows right after her and slits her, the mother's throat right in front of Marie. It's and the blood just man. splurts all over the, 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 uh, the, the closet door. And they show that neck open up, man. It was just like, ooh. The amount of fake blood in this movie is awesome. It is like grindhouse levels of just fake, fake blood. It is crazy, but I love it. One thing I read about this is like there was there's certain scenes, like there's a scene in the car at the very end. We'll get to that. Like there was so much fake blood used at that. Like the camera was used for another movie like a week later. And like they went to like focus and blood ran out of the, like the camera because they God. didn't get it all out of the camera because there was so much got into the it. camera. But yeah, so the mom gets killed, but the little brother runs out scared and runs into the cornfield. The killer chases the kid out into the cornfield and then shoots the kid point blank with a gun. While the uh, Marie is in the room with Alex, she hears and shows, you know, like she's watching it happen from the window. And this is this is in her head. We'll point out that, that this is what we're we're meant to think is happening, but that's actually in her head. Let's just say that from here on out, if we talk about Marie as the character since this is a projection and we don't have to keep saying it every time. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying uh, it's really confusing. I know. If, like the way we're the way we should have just basically done the plot and then like revealed that like it was Marie and then gone back and touched back on it because like it is very hard to differentiate that as we go. But yes, like Mark said. If we talk about Marie, it's in her head. Killer right. comes back, puts 
uh, Alex in the truck. Yeah, picks and, up Alex, takes her in the truck. Marie sneaks in the truck as well. And and Marie's like, it's fucking going to be fine. I'm here. We're going to get through this together. And the whole time, Alex is like really fucking panicking. She's freaking out. Um, and she looks up and there's like bloody handprints. And Marie's like, oh, relax. That's just because they were alone. You have me. We're going to be fine. Yeah, Marie's like, shh, just be quiet. We'll get through this. Yeah. And it's like, and in hindsight, you're like, oh my God, that's so fucked up. Like once you know that she's the killer, you're like, oh my God, she was literally like telling her But she couldn't have to, been there. That's what I'm saying. She was telling her victim to be quiet and you're like, holy crap, that's crazy. Well, I guess, I mean, she couldn't have been having that conversation. No, she not, was not there, driving. but like she was talking. I'm sure she was talking oh, yeah, to maybe be like quiet and stuff. Because the thing is, remember when she even talks to her normally, like when she's not in her head, yeah. she's still trying to comfort her. That's like, true. hey, be calm. We'll get through this. Don't worry. You'll be fine. You know? So the truck or, runs out of, or needs gas, which seems like, dude, you probably should have thought of that before you went on your murder and spree. But anyway, he stops at the gas station and uh, Marie sneaks out. And he's like, she, you know, uh, goes into the convenience store associated with the gas station. He's like, call the cops, call the cops. Uh, and the guy's like, what are you fucking talking about? And then the killer guy walks in. Um, and then, man, what a weird scene. Well, it's a lot of Marie hiding while. It's such a good, it's like so much, it's so well done. Okay, though. so here, here, here's a point that I need to bring up, right? Marie and the killer are the same person. Yes. Marie has either projected herself running in to tell the gas attendant, call the cops. Or did she really do that? Or Marie knows the gas attendant. One of the two is true, right? Because they have banter like, oh, hey, Jimmy, what's up, Jimmy? How you doing, Jimmy? You know, yes. like, oh, want to give me a bottle of that? Give me a bottle of that. Like, which one of these is actually happening? This place is perfect for bringing girls in at night, isn't it, Jimmy? Don't tell me you never did it. My boss would have my ass if I did that. <laughs> I bet you got all kinds of fancy ladies. Stop in here for more just pumping gas. All on the job, huh? Isn't that right, Jimmy? Uh, I guess. This is really convoluted. And that is the part, that's the biggest plot hole in this movie for me, is when she has a relationship, uh, a a dialogue relationship with the gas station attendant as the killer right, we, versus hiding as the girl in the gas station. I was like, one of these has to be real, but neither one of them makes sense because the guy's not reacting. Right. We've made, we've established she doesn't live in this area. So how would she have known this gas? How would she know right? Jimmy? Unless she really did live in this area. But again, you can't just drop that plot point on us out of nowhere and expect us to accept it. Cause we have, we at this point, we still don't even know she's the killer. Right. So it's like, there's no context for it. So the way the scene plays out is the killer manifested in this male form who's having this conversation with Jimmy. He asked for a bottle of liquor and Jimmy's got to go to the cabinet and unlock it. I'm not allowed to sell alcohol this late. Don't tell my boss, okay? I promise. Uh, at that point, from behind, he comes in, he's like, I want a different bottle of booze. And then axes him straight in the chest. Yeah. Later on, we see the cops roll in to investigate a murder because uh, Marie has called the cops on herself, to, but she doesn't know it at the time, or at least the, to the audience, and says, there's a murder. I don't know where I'm at. God damn it, y'all are going to take too long to get here, and he's going to get away and murder my friend. And she hangs up the phone. Well, the cops do finally show up. They watch back the tape. And it shows Jimmy, the gas attendant, going to unlock the liquor cabinet. And then out of from behind him comes Marie with the axe and just gets him. Yeah, she swings an axe and stabs him. So that's where we find out that Marie is actually the 
the the giant man killer this whole time. And it's still not fully explained, right. but at that point, with the, the, the secret is revealed. Right. So, but just trying to piece this scene together and what actually happened, it's so like, okay, what was said, what wasn't said? Like, did she run in and say, call the cops and then go hide behind a shelf and then go, I want some booze. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how does this actually play out? That's why I think See, I thought, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, that's why I think it's done. I mean, it sucks out of the movie. I get that they're trying to do this unreliable narrator thing, but like with a twist like that, right? If you go back to Fight Club or The Sixth Sense or whatever, and you're like, oh shit, and you go rewatch the movie, you're like, you get something better out of it. You're like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. This twist made the movie make a lot less sense. Except the thing is, if you, this is how you're supposed to look at it. When she, when we see from the, the omniscient narrator's perspective, we see uh, Marie run into the store and hide behind the thing. Um, I don't think that's actually happening. Because when the quote-unquote killer comes in and starts talking to Jimmy, um, he's all like, hey, do you ever have girls in here that come in here and want to kind of like do things with you? Um, how do I look in these sunglasses? Um, you know, and that's when Jimmy notices the blood on the killer's hand. I think at that point he noticed the blood on the, the blonde's hand. And that's when he was like a little uneasy. And she was like, can I get some booze? And he's like, I don't normally do this. If a girl came in looking like that, was flirting with you and talking kind of like how she was, um, maybe you'd be more willing to go get some booze for her. No, but, see, but it also, but it, and the, but that means that we don't have to worry about the whole, like, does she know Jimmy legitimately? I didn't know if Jimmy had a name tag on either. Maybe that's. Yeah, I, I kind of think I need to rewatch that scene, but she seems to know who the owners are. At least the, the guy does. And then Jimmy's st- looking over at someone hiding, and that's what is the tell for the See, killer. That's what I was like, wait, why is Jimmy looking then? Yeah, again, that scene was not, this one, this is where the plot hole is. This is where the, the biggest, like, egregious, like, your your trick doesn't work right now. It just is, it's gibberish. But she, she, okay, so she ends up stealing Jimmy's car after killing him. Right, she calls the cops. Marie calls the cops and say, he's getting away. He's in a rusty old truck. Which one? He's like, she's how many fucking rusty old trucks are out at this hour? Just get somebody on the road and find it. What Based gas on station? that car chase, zero. There are zero yeah. other cars. There's also, no, don't no be a dick traffic. to the cops. They're they're asking to help you, yeah. but well, you got to give them something. She's in a panic situation. I kind of understand. Don't like, make excuses for her. But I will say that I had seen this movie before because when I started watching it, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this, but I completely forgot the twist. So it hit me again. Like, I was like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I was writing notes down. I was like, why are you such a dick to the cops? That was a fucked up move. That's the grave mistake. You didn't tell the police where you were. But she tried to find it. Somehow there was probably no way at earth she could have. But then it doesn't matter, right? Because right. it's all in her head. Yeah. So point. Uh, <laughs> the, the killer drives away in the rusted old truck. She gets a gun. She takes Jimmy's gun. Jimmy right. has a I'm, gun. Yeah, that I was he about was, to say that. Oh, okay. Well, you said he drove away. <laughs> I said the killer drives oh. off in the rusted truck. Uh, Marie is, is still in the gas station, and he, she finds Jimmy's gun, and she puts it in uh, Jimmy's car and drives away in this nice yellow sports car. Jimmy's Which, car's legit for a gas station. But attack. let me point this out. I don't know if you guys notice this. Jimmy's car is legit, but Jimmy's car has a Confederate license plate, a Confederate <laughs> flag fucking license plate. No shit. In the south of France, notice that. dude, we even paused it and rewound it to make sure he has a full-on Confederate flag license plate. And I was like, how the fuck? They <laughs> like, were filming Dukes of Hazard next door and they just borrowed this car. Well, we, I think we need to assume that the car doesn't exist. 
Oh, that's good. But she, so that means oh, inside Marie's point. mind, she's racist too. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so, right on. Not Marie, only is she a killer, she's racist. Okay. <laughs> Marie imagined this car chase that happened. That's true. Um, that's so true. it's actually a pretty good car chase. I'll give it that. Looks amazing. Yeah, like again, this movie, we're 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 kind of bouncing around and like kind of like, well, this doesn't really make sense. But this movie from start to finish is tense, well paced. I mean, it, it it very much is a a smooth flowing badass movie. I like this movie a lot. I would say from start to reveal, it is exactly like that. Reveal after I just couldn't get over it; it killed it for me. But yeah, it is really good. At least yeah. the first and the reveal, thirds. the real the reveal happens in the last twenty minutes of the film. So you yeah. get through a good portion of this before you realize what's going on. If anything, I wish it would have, if they had to have done this twist. I wish it would have been like the last scene. Right now, Marie's like out on the attack; like she's going to pony up and go save her friend, which I thought was an interesting thing uh, through a lot of this. Before the twist was revealed, is like. She's she's taking it on herself to really go out and try to save her friend. And I'm curious if that would happen in like real life. Like to me, it'd be like, I need to call the cops immediately, get the license plate down. Like I'm not going to go confront this apparent, very methodic murderer who checks things like, is there water? Like this dude is smart. At least that's how he's presented. Know that part. I mean, she knows that he's like really good at what he does, but she didn't know like he would have checked. Yeah, but to pocket. just like grab a gun and go fucking John Wayne on it, I'm like, ah. I mean, it plays into her mindset, and maybe she feels like she's doing this because she wants to be the hero to Alex because she likes Alex that way, which we'll find out a little bit more a little bit later. But we've all kind of like known that she's always like kind of like, oh, you're you're great, you know, but. I think this is in her mind. She's like, I can be her hero. I can be the one that rescues her from this situation. In her mind, she is the John Wayne. Yes. But in real life, are you talking about in real life or in the movie? I'm just saying in real life, in general. Like, in real life, if like my girlfriend or like someone I loved was like abandoned or taken in a truck, I would fucking steal a car and start chasing them. I would do it. I don't care if I had a fucking gun, a bat. I would just, I would figure it the fuck out. In real life, we'd all have cell phones, so it wouldn't be an either true, or. True, true. We could do that too. We could be like, hey, track my fucking phone yeah. cops. I'm following this dude. They've got, you know. But yes, I'm, I am I get what you're saying. It doesn't make a lot of sense to go in unprepared, but I think when the shit hits the fan, like, I've reacted. Not quite like, I've never had that situation. But I'm, I'm not saying, like, saying, I'm not saying not to pursue, but it, like, you should have been like, license plate, boom. You know, I got that in my brain. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, really, tell the She's cops. She's in survival go to the, mode. Go to the office again, and though, find the forget, gas station's this is address. The fantasy. This is the fantasy yes, of what I, she wants to project this, but at again, this point. So. All these are things I'm thinking of before the reveal of course, happens. Of course. So. Oh, I thought of these things, too. I was like, why would you not do this? Why would you, like... Yeah. Yeah, but So while she's on the attack, uh, basically going into chase mode, all of a sudden, the murderer in the truck is now behind her chasing her and she, she gets instantly tricked it's like kind of depressing it's like yeah. it's like yeah like looney tunes levels yeah like, so like the murderer pulls off turns off his car and his lights she blows right by him and then he comes out again and now he's chasing her and i was i was wondering how would that dude have known that he was being followed because she had the lights off and uh, i think that would have been the tell i mean she was in a loud sports car right so right. you see a car coming behind you lights off you're probably like Maybe he didn't know, but he's like, let me just check this shit out, you know? And he pulls off. And no, I but made, the, I made a joke while you're watching. I was like, that car was supposed to be in the movie The Quiet Place, but it failed its audition because <laughs> it's so fucking loud. It is, it's a sport. It's like a muscle car. <laughs> John, you know? here's your problem with that. Okay. That thought. Uh, she reaches for the gun and finds out it's empty. And the guy driving the murder van has all the bullets in his he hand. Holds them out and the he window drops and out drops them like with he headlights knew. in his light. Yeah. yeah, that actually really pissed me off because this was before the twist. I'm like, all right, this guy, this better be a supernatural twist then because this is impossible. I assumed he watched the video feed and let her 
chase See, I him. thought that too. I thought that's exactly uh, what it was. was he like, knew she was there, yeah. and he was like, he's like, all right, bitch, you want this? Like I he got ba- you. He baited her into the chase. Yeah. That's where yeah. I was going with it. So I was still on board. I was like, dude, this, and that's what I'm saying. This guy's motherfucking smart. That's what I'm saying. Like as I said, up to the reveal, like I was like, ooh, because we still don't have the reveal yet. Like comes in the, like in in the, the movie, more minutes, it comes yeah. in a few more minutes after like the car. Cause like in the chase scene, um, Marie crashes, jumps her fucking yellow sports car, Dukes the hazard style <laughs> off a cliff, which she should have fucking stopped the car. She was like, yes, out of control, speeding into the forest. I was like, put your foot on the brake. <laughs> in the movies, do it. brakes only work 35% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Apparently. And if you want to, if you want to go after this guy and attack him, then guess what? You've got him following you. Stop. There you go. You're right. You're th- it's like, you've met your goal. But yeah, so she ends up crashing her car. She's all fucked up at this point. And then- They're um, in a greenhouse area. Yeah, there's yeah. like in the, the woods, there's like a little like plastic greenhouse area. They go inside and the killer's chasing her and she's going to come up with a plan to like get him. And there's a little tussle back and forth and she ends up like knocking him out after almost being killed because yeah. he does this smart thing by hanging his flashlight up and making it move by itself so it looks like he's I thought looking. that was a great decoy scene. That was so awesome. The, I forgot about that. Again, we, need, like, we need to emphasize that there's tension throughout almost every one of these scenes going on because it is like attention. a home invasion slash crazy serial killer who knows what he's doing. So if you don't know the twist, this movie is like intensely like, holy shit, what are you going to do? Like, I, that's why I liked it so much. Right. So in, in, in here's like Marie's finally like, like I have to fight back. You know, she's looking for anything she can find and she takes out a stake wrapped in barbed wire and, and like fashions herself a weapon. And then she starts going towards the killer's flashlight and you find out he's like taking his belt and just like dangled it and has the flashlight kind of hanging there as a decoy. And then he comes and gets her from behind and they start having their, their yeah, he struggle. starts choking her with plant, yeah, he like put, cover he her mouth covers with her face in, in uh, like plant tarp. <laughs> that's yeah, like, I'm sure that's what it's called. It's clear, clear, it's clear plastic. Yeah. She whacks him in the face several times with the barbed wire uh, stake. And, um, and that's graphic. That's like, she's like fucking swinging away for the fences. Right. And then ends up suffocating him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's just in tears crying. I was like, fuck, that was an s- intense scene. But this whole time it's going on, I was like, make sure he's dead. I've watched a lot of horror films. <laughs> My roommate sure was yelling dead. the same thing. She was like, she's like, don't stop there. Keep going. Stab him. Kill keep, him. Cut his throat. Anything. You're not done. until there's no face left. You know what I mean? Like, make sure that dude is dead. Um, and then she goes back uh, to the truck Opens up the truck and is like, Alex, everything's going to be okay. I, you know, she lets Alex free and Alex is like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And this is where you start. I guess at this point it's already been revealed via the security tape and cops. Yeah. Literally yeah. right before. So after she kills the killer in the greenhouse, we cut to the cops at the gas station who basically see her ax Jimmy in the chest. And then he's like, the cops like, suck le bleu, you know, like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, this girl's doing this. They don't know who she is though. But like that's in the audience now is like, oh, my God, she's the killer. Marie doesn't know that she's the killer. She doesn't know that she's doing these things because in her mind, she's been playing the hero victim this whole time. So she doesn't know she's doing these things. It's split personality type stuff. And so um, she's like, no, you're safe now. You're safe now. I'll take care of you. And Alex is just like, fuck right off stabs her in the stomach with a knife that that had been introduced earlier in the movie and then runs off in the woods like trying to get away from marie marie reverts back into killer mode 
because she's like, oh, my God, like she's got to chase down Alex again. So she reverts back into killer mode. And he actually it, it is visualized by now. It's back to the male murderer. Yes. So anytime at this point she's in murderer mode, it's going to be the guy that we've seen. Murderer mode. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. what else do you want to call it? Or that personality. Fair, yeah. Right. So now we're seeing it's turned back into barbed wired faced guy chasing her with what circular saw. Yeah. Is that what that was? Yeah, giant circular saw. And then Alex runs over to the street and she waves a dude down, causes him to crash his vehicle. And she gets in. She's like, let's go. This is fucking crazy. Come on, come on. What's going on? And he can't start his car because it's broke now. Yeah. Like, Why would his can't car start turn his car? off? I mean, that's not how cars work anyway. I mean, he crashed, right? So there was like was smoke coming out of the There was smoke coming out of the Yeah, there was smoke coming out of the engineer. So I think he was like, oh, that, I mean, and these are old looking cars. So maybe they're not like, you know, just start them back up. Well, this car was shit then. Yeah. He did, it was not going very fast. So like. And so you see the killer, like the male killer, like walking up to the car and um, Alex is freaking out like, go, go, go. And the dude's just like, this meek little man is just like, I'm trying. It's like, <laughs> dude. And then what, what we expected to see was the man appear next to the car with a giant circular saw. Instead, we see Marie in her killer persona with the circular saw. And then she starts killing the shit out of this dude. Yeah. Like fucking cutting him up with this circular saw inside the car. There's so much blood. It's fucking, oh my God. It was like so gory. Um, So much blood. And then she starts cutting the car to get to Alex. And Alex manages to escape by crawling through the broken windshield, but ends up getting a big old chunk of glass in her fucking heel. Oh man, I felt that too. I just oh. watching her pull that glass out of the back of her foot was just. Ugh. I hate any kind of foot damage. Man. Yeah, it really is the worst. Foot damage is really going to put a damper on your day. That's well, they were running trying to run away. Can't have foot damage. They were running through the woods barefoot, and I was all like, first thing you ever do if you're being attacked by someone, grab a pair of shoes." <laughs> yeah, so, that seems like a good idea. Something. So Alex is, and this is the final scene. Like this is the end of the movie. Like Alex is like crawling away from Marie with the circular saw on the road. Like she can't walk. So she's kind of like pulling herself down the road with her hands. And Marie is falling to her. And she's like, you know, like, you don't love me. Do you? You don't love me. I thought we were going to be together. Like, you don't love me. Do you? And she's like, and Alex is like, yes, of course I do. <laughs> you know? And I, and I wrote down at that point, I was like, oh, this is the nicest meat cute ever. I love um, you bunches. <laughs> so say whatever you need to not get circular thought in the face. And she's right. like, she's like, do you really love me? Like, good. Because we were always meant to be together. And that's when the line is nothing will ever become between us. That's what Alex or that's what Marie is saying to Alex. Like nothing will ever come between us. Nothing will ever come between us. And then uh, Marie or Alex stabs Marie through the heart with a fucking like, well, not through the heart shoulder, oh, shoulder, shoulder with a tire iron with that tire she had managed yeah. to get out. And that's whenever the, you know, the end scene shows us that Marie has been picked up and now she's kind of in a psychiatric ward and she's just chanting, you know, that's where the movie started, right? Yeah. Nothing will ever come between us. And then it's Alex behind the glass going, she can't see me, right? And then Marie turns her head and goes, bah! Yeah, kind of like, like reaches out right, to her like, right I know you're Alex, there. Like, I know you're right there. And that's how the movie ends. She's crazy. She's full on crazy. And she's had these split dissociative personalities. And um, she's been the killer the whole time. Again, we told it in the weirdest way possible, but the movie is from start to finish. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, It was tense. The reveal 
although problematic for certain scenes, um, is, is well done. I would also recommend this film. I was really on board with it. I think I'm on the same page as John, though. As soon as the reveal happened, it was like, oh, we're fight clubbing this now. And it kind of took a lot of steam out. I think I would have liked it to just played out as a normal, you know, cat-mouse murder uh, movie. You and know? at the very I, end, reveal it? Or just not I don't even need the all. reveal. I would have liked that just to have been a murderer. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. add anything to the movie. It just took it. It subtracted. Things. Well, when did Memento come out? Because I feel like Fight Club and Memento was and like two thousand. All these movies were kind of like like what a twist. Like right. when did Sixth Sense? Come yeah, out? I know that, that, was that was the flavor of the year, right? We're gonna do this like well, Sixth Sense ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, then yes. So yeah, and and Luke Basson evidently helped punch up the script. Memento was two thousand one, two thousand. Two thousand. Okay, so all these so, came yeah. out around the same time. So yeah, it was definitely in vogue to yeah. do this type of like a, like oh, a, crazy twist that right. you didn't see coming. It's like if you heard about how to do a twist, but then actually understand how to like execute it. And that's, I okay. thought they did a good job. Yes. Again, I agree with you guys in the fact that when they reveal it, it does immediately create problems that weren't there before, right. before you knew it was a, you know, knew there's what no it was. evidence that, that Marie's the one telling the story. She's only saying the same sentence over and over again. So yeah, you can Correct. say like, okay, maybe she's telling the story to a psychiatrist and that's why it's like this, but there's no evidence of that like in the movie so to me it's just but the ending could have been changed that she goes crazy at the end and ends up repeating that line like right. it's that easy of a fix like, yeah 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 um yeah i think i think it would have been a much better straightforward film without the twist i honestly would like to have seen both versions because again twists are hard to do i mean look at Shyamalan. the dude's only struck lightning twice with that whole twist thing you know like so agreed it's not it's not going to be something that you can nail and not everyone's going to basically knock it out of the park even memento didn't care for memento because i was like oh, it's not that great of a twist you know but yes i agree it definitely introduced yeah. problems yeah. that could it's have been just avoided a shame they not. when they were so close to having a great movie and landed in a good movie for i mean really one scene like if they just cut out that yeah. cop scene and like one little tweak at the end then done and it's like all right now you have like a great movie you or know? if you found out that like maybe like marie knew the killer like they actually related like father and daughter. Sure. And that was know. part of the like sure. the game for her. Like she enjoyed being chased and like tricking the the other person to thinking they're both on the run. And then like, Oh, by the way, I know this dude. Yeah. There's you know, plenty like, of, plenty of ways. It there's so gone. many ways it could have been like different, but I, I, I recommend it. I John, recommend would it. you recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, up until the twist, it was a, I mean, like I said, it was a great movie. And then, um, it was still a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it just it sucked so much steam out of it for me, but it was still worth watching. I would say it's pretty tight. You know, I think it was an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. So it's a good watch. All right, before we go, I got a couple of things I want to say about this film. Uh, I need to call out the special effects and makeup artist. His Great name job. was Giannetto De Rossi. He's done a lot of films, including, but not limited to, Rambo 3, Cole the Conqueror, got Dune, Conan the Destroyer, Piranha Part 2, um, Zombie the Holocaust, Zombie Holocaust, Zombie 2, Emmanuel in America. Uh, this dude has been around for a long time. Um, so just want to give a shout out to that guy. I also want to touch on the fact that it came out after the film was released. Um, a plagiarism issue. Oh, is this the one with uh, Dean Koontz? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I remember hearing about this back in the day. It uh, it seemed that there was some striking similarities to a Dean Koontz novel called Intensity. Um, in 2004, the uh, director was questioned about these uh, similarities, and he did acknowledge he read the novel and was aware of these. 
Koontz later stated that he was also aware of the plagiarism, but would not sue the guy because he found the film so puerile, so disgusting, and so intellectually bankrupt <laughs> that he didn't want association with it that would inevitably come if he pursued action against the filmmaker. All right, that's fair. So I don't think Dean Koontz liked this movie <laughs> based on that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. It's we always fall into that like we see things come out similarity. John, you mentioned Dante's Pink and Volcano. Of course, yeah. These movies seem to come out in clumps or with Deep Impact and Armageddon. Armageddon. You know yeah. these 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 movies come out in doubles sometimes, but this one may be uh, our clearest option of seeing someone actually rip somebody off. And I really can believe that that happened because it really does feel like someone put a twist in the movie without understanding like the purpose of twists, right? Like that's why I think this is the way it is. Is So I could see, maybe he just read it and was like, oh, this guy had a twist. I like this twist. Let me steal it and put it in this movie. I could really see that. That would make a lot of sense. I would like to know exactly when he decided to make a twist. Like, right. did he already have a script of this home invasion? He's like, hey, you know what's the uh, flavor of the week? Uh, uh, twisties. <laughs> Little twisted goos. Uh, awesome. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw that in there. But I think by 2003 people are kind of getting over twists anyway. Well, no, they're still hot. They're still hot commodities and if it takes about a year to make a movie you know like it's it's right in the, the the time frame and and notoriously nothing against like you know foreign cinema sometimes they're like cutting edge on it but like there's a lot of like history of like europe like aping what's popular in the u.s hollywood a year or two later you know look at the last shark versus jaws i mean the italians were like crazy with it you i know? mean the, the greaser fad didn't even show up overseas until like 2002 so. that's right that's right so but yeah i mean the thing is the original script like had the twist it had all this stuff in it and then it wasn't until luke basson came in and like made a few changes like evidently we were supposed to see the um the gray fucked up truck in the cornfield when like they first run out into the trick each other into the cornfield we're supposed to see that truck and basson was like no you got to get rid of that dude like that reveals too much compared to some of the other stuff we've watched recently this was like a breath of fresh air for me i've been breathing this whole time <laughs> it's all been air uh, yeah, well, go check it out. I think it's worth watching, at least uh, for the, the tension that the movie's title is built on is definitely worth uh, experiencing. So. Yeah, and you're not just going to get tension. You're going to get high tension. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Take it easy. 